Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Will my son ever grow up? I have heard that question from so many parents, especially parents of teenage boys, parents who are looking at their sons, who realize that their sons are graduating high school in a few years, should hopefully be going out into the world, and they look at their son who has his clothes laying around the house, doesn't want to do his homework, wants to play video games or be on his phone with his friends instead, and they worry. And then they look ahead and they see the 20-some-year-old sons of their friends who are also still floundering around, and they get very anxious. Have you heard of this, Janet? I have, and interestingly enough, I also hear about this in a little different way from parents of young children, preschoolers, who they're looking ahead to, is he ever going to be ready for kindergarten? Will he be able to go into first grade? And so I'm sensing a theme here. We worry a lot. And we worry a lot about our boys' development. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. And part of that, I think, is really important to recognize that females tend to worry into the future a lot more than many males. It is a part of our brain that it's the way our brain works so quickly so we can tie past to present and project it into the future so quickly. And so hopefully today we can encourage our listeners to like slow down that train and be more focused in the present rather than focused ahead. And of course, we want to plan and be thoughtful, but when we're over worrying about things that may not even ever happen. (laughs) I am guilty as charged. I have spent so much time doing this with my own boys and in my own personal life as well. You know, things I worry about with friends, in my career, um, in, you know, life, bills, managing things. Yeah. And it's so typically female that we, we can unfold the story, how it's going to happen. And then we get there and 
whoa, it didn't turn out anywhere near like we had it already written in our minds. But the fun part, not fun, the not fun part is that rarely do we pause then and say, whew, you know what? This is pretty good because we're already off worrying about the next thing. Exactly. Exactly. So bottom line today, I hope we can offer some reassurance to our listeners that that's normal, but there are other ways to go about wondering and watching and waiting for your son to grow up. I want to begin by validating people's worries and concerns. So obviously you care about your kids. You care about your son. You care about the boys in your class. And when you look around, there are some very real trends and data that are worrying, right? You and I both know that boys are less likely to succeed in school than girls. That generally speaking, the boys are not doing as well academically. They're more likely to get in trouble. That goes all the way through to high school. Boys are less likely to graduate. They're less likely to attend college. This was an interesting one to me. They're less likely than girls to work during high school and college. So to also hold down a job during high school and college. I had not heard that one before. And it's almost like all of these things kind of come together so that by the time you have young adult men, and I'm talking in like that 18 to 34 age group, they are way more likely to be living with their parents than their female counterparts who are more likely to have finished high school, finished college, and also have job experience by that point in time. So parents see this happening both in their communities, in their friend groups, they see the data and they're like, yeah, what do we do? Yes. And, and dissolve into a pile of worry because it's overwhelming. It is. So I think the first thing to do is to understand male development is different. Boys and girls develop at different rates. As adults, we get very much to similar places. There are far more similarities between a male brain and a female brain than differences. Mm -hmm. But the pace at which our brains mature is very different for boys than it is for girls. Our brains and our bodies. So we already know that infant, brand new, newborn baby boys are about two weeks less mature than baby girls. And this, it's so fascinating. I have a friend who adopted boy-girl twins at birth. And so to watch them follow their own unique developmental trajectory, their own timeline, they did all the developmental steps, you know, the crawling and the walking and the talking, but the girl was always a little bit ahead of the boy. Interesting. Yeah. To see see it so starkly, two children, same age, same family. Yes. It's, it's been fascinating. And to see now they're in first grade to see that, you know, they're, the boy is talking as much as the girl, but they are still so fundamentally different. And when we put kids of the same age in the same classroom, our boys have a high likelihood that they are going to recognize that the girls 
are more able to sit still. The girls listen. That, and I will say that they notice that the teacher tends to favor the girls. Mm-hmm. Because likely the teacher is female. And so knowing this developmental trajectory and being okay with it, I talk with parents a lot about the difference between expectations and reality. And we'll, we often have these expectations of, you know, a kindergarten boy should be able to do this. A first grader should be, should be able to do this. And we get ourselves in trouble. And that's that female brain that's racing ahead again. And yet, if we can just stay in the reality of this is what he can do as a kindergartner and separate that out from our likely unrealistic expectations. It's become increasingly difficult for parents, teachers, and kids just over the years that I have been parenting because the expectations at the school level, at the institutional level, have changed from what they were when your kids were kids, even. Mm -hmm. Kindergarten boys are expected now to be able to write their name and some other words, to be reading basic words. And that's a real problem and a real challenge for a lot of boys because one of the parts of the brain that matures over a much longer period than it does in girls is the part of the brain that handles language. Mm -hmm. So most girls are developmentally ready to handle reading and writing by kindergarten age. Most boys are not. If you as a parent know that, if you as a teacher know that, I think it helps to accept where your boy is at right now. And you don't have to worry too much about it. It's not to Mm -hmm. say you don't care, but you can keep developing his skills in other ways. So Mm -hmm. if he is struggling with his reading or his writing, continue to read to him. Do fun um, writing activities. Get out the sidewalk chalk. Draw in the dirt with a stick or in your sandbox. There's lots of ways that you can work on developing these skills while also giving his brain time to mature. Yes, that whole piece around that of if you as the parents and the teacher are in anxiety and stress and worry and oh my gosh, he's not doing this and oh my gosh, he's not doing that. Your son will pick up on that and then it's this whole cycle of what's wrong with me, I'm bad, I'm different, I'm wrong and we absolutely do not want to give that to our children. One of the things I think is so important for our parents in dealing with this question and these issues of development and when will he grow up Stop comparing your son to others. A group of six-year-olds, they are very different. Some of those kids are almost a full year older or a full year younger. And you know what? When you're only six, a year makes a tremendous difference in what you can and can't do. The difference between male and female is another one. Different kids have different challenges. So spend almost no time looking at what your kid can do in relationship to other kids. Spend most of your time, I'm going to borrow a word from Michael Reichert, who we talked to recently about his book, How to Raise a Boy. Spend time instead being delighted with your son Mm -hmm. and with his development and what he's learning to do and the skills he's learning to master. 
Wow, we could end right there, Jen. That was brilliant. <laughs> but we're not going to, Jen. But we've got more to say. Of course we do. So I appreciate your continual reassurance. I mean, I think that's what we have to just have as the drumbeat constantly for parents of boys is reassurance, reassurance. He's going to be fine. Of course, we want to look at all the, you know, if he's outside the bubble a little bit, but generally if we can set aside our worry, he's going to be fine. So, you know, I have these teenage boys at my house. Oh, I and do. You know that they consistently challenge me. It's easy for me to get on my blog and on my podcast and to say, trust the process. Mm -hmm. Things are going to be fine. And then I look at my own children and I start to freak out and wonder, ah. Mm -hmm. So in preparing for this podcast, I also looked at brain development at the older end. Sometimes we don't think of this. Culturally, we sort of expect our children to be pretty damn competent by the time they're 18. Yes. 20, mm -hmm. you know? Parents are getting very frustrated at these boys who are in their early 20s and seem aimless and like they don't want to do anything. Here's what the brain science says, though. Between the ages of 18 and 25, the brain is still undergoing a lot of maturation. This is true for males as well as females. And this has only been known since probably... 2010-ish is when this started becoming knowledge, that the brain is still developing all the way through till 25 at a very rapid pace. 18-year-olds are only about halfway through the maturation process for the brain. Wow. Only about halfway through. And the part of the brain that is the least developed at that age is the prefrontal cortex. Oh, yeah which is the part of the brain that helps you inhibit impulses and organize your behavior to reach a goal. And deciding on cause and effect. If I drink this case of beer and jump off this bridge, what will the effect be? And put him with his peers and there's no prefrontal cortex thinking going on at all. So it's that it, parents get so frustrated with their son's disorganization, lack of planning, all of that, especially as they go into middle school and high school, and the brain isn't there yet. It's not. And you can certainly work with your son and help your son, but if you expect him to be naturally organized and developing plans to work towards a goal, you are most likely going to be disappointed. It's like looking at your, your six-month-old and being frustrated that he can't run. But we do this to our children. Mm -hmm. there, I found some more data, too, that generally speaking, one study I said found that female brains develop mature on average about two years earlier than male brains. Another study said that according to some MRI scans that look at the brain, that female brains tend to mature by about age 21. Mm -hmm. Males, it's 25. Then I found another study, and you're going to find this one interesting. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about 
Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. But a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin and I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve and I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no. And they taste good and they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y dot easymelts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash on boys. This was a 2013 study out of Britain that reported that men have an 11-year lag behind women. According to this study, the average man does not reach full emotional maturity until age 43, while women mature by age 32. I'm speechless. Now, I am going to point out, full disclosure, that this study was commissioned by Nickelodeon, and it was part of promoting a TV show, so I'm a little skeptical about the data. (laughs) And yet, think about your own experiences. As a woman, I have talked to, I have many other female friends who have shared their impression that men don't really grow up until they're in their 50s. And it's it's not a slam against men and against boys. It is a different developmental trajectory. And it goes back to the expectations. Are we placing our female expectations upon a male's development? And I want to go back to what you said around the girls maturing about two years earlier than boys and translate that for the parents in our audience who have young children and who are maybe grappling with, you know, do I put him in kindergarten this year? Does he go to first grade? And that is that, especially in young boys, it is apparent that 
developmentally, they can be a year to a year and a half younger than their chronological age. So what we would expect of a six-year-old, your son might be back at age five or even four and a half. So this is why many people recommend making sure that your son can be on the older side of entering school so that he has that extra time to mature and and it's not holding him back it's giving him time to grow and that time is still important when you get to the other end i have one of my sons was born in august and he had a female cousin born at about exactly the same time so as both of these kids were approaching school age the question was do you put them in school when they could start, you know, if they turned five in August, they could start kindergarten in September, or do you wait another year out? I was inclined to uh, wait, and also, uh, actually, we, meanwhile, we decided to homeschool. So for my kid, it didn't particularly matter. His female cousin, I remember her mom considering this decision, and she ultimately decided to have her daughter wait as well. Her reasoning was she would rather have her daughter going off to college when she is 18 than when she is 17. So the time that you buy them on the front end is still important on the back end. Because remember, if your kid is one of those younger ones in kindergarten, in first grade, they are going to be one of the younger ones when people are getting their driver's license, when people are having to face peer pressure and make decisions about things like drinking and drugs and risky activities. All things to consider. Yeah, buy him some time, absolutely. So let's talk about some ways that we can support our boys' development and growing up, because ultimately we all share the same goal. We want them to become independent, capable, confident human beings. So what things can we do to help reach that goal. I already mentioned stop comparing him to others. Mm -hmm. Recognize that he can do more than you are likely allowing him to do, even at an early age, at age three, at age four. He can do way more than you are likely allowing him. I have a friend whose son is not yet four, but he stands at the stove on his little stool stirring hot soup and cooking eggs. And he feels so, you can just tell he's so proud of himself and he is capable of doing these things. So it starts really early to build that recognition of how much they can do. And it's a lot easier to have a four-year-old who wants to help cook supper to get him to do it, involve him, than to wait after you've said, no, 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 too hot, I don't have time for that, and then suddenly your son is 14 and you want him to help you in the kitchen. That gets a lot harder. So the more you can say yes as you're going along, the easier it is. And this whole idea of supporting your son's inclinations to try things and letting him take risks try something that maybe he can do, maybe he can't do. There's science to show that that's really important to development as well, because it is in trying things 
and learning that you can do it or that you can't and then you find another way, that children develop the sense of confidence and confidence in themselves. So our kids need those, ki those kinds of experiences because otherwise, when we are constantly shutting them down, they don't develop those skills. They don't develop confidence. They don't develop competence. And without that, it is going to be very difficult for them to launch into the adult world. It is also all easier said than done. Sure. You'll get this right some days. Some days you're going to screw it up. Some days you'll beat yourself up. Just get up and try again tomorrow. You've got a lot of time. Yeah. Lots of time. And taking that long view is so important. But it's about starting early. It's also in that place of letting them take risks. It's standing back and knowing when to rescue when your impulse to rescue arises, you can probably wait a little bit longer. So mm -hmm. when you want to jump in as mom and fix whatever it is, put the brakes on, give it some more time, let him figure it out. Let him have, you know, maybe he's having a tiff with his sibling or something. Give him a little more time and not jump in as quickly. And that's part of that developing that capability and that competence that we want them to have, but it starts early. You don't just start when they're 12 or 14. That said, it's not too late, right? If you haven't done some of this, you know, if your son is 14, please don't freak out. Don't turn us off right now because brain <laughs> science also shows that the brain is still pliable and it is not too late to connect with your son and to talk to him and maybe talk about ways you may have inadvertently held him back and how you want to change that and make some different choices moving forward. I think one of the other things that parents can do if we want children who can live as independent adults, boys especially, I think it is crucial for us to teach them and involve them in the work of the household. Life skills you know, how to manage a household, how to clean a toilet, how to cook basic meals, all of those things. And this might be a slightly radical suggestion. I honestly think that if our goal is to prepare boys who can handle adult life by themselves, we need to spend more time focusing on that stuff and how they treat other people, their interpersonal interactions, instead of obsessing over whether they've done their homework or not. Ultimately, if you want kids who can handle life, put your time and attention into communication skills, interpersonal skills, and household skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, life skills. The life things skills. that will take them wherever they decide to go. Homework or no homework, that's going to be there. And to really amplify that for them and, and help them be in relationship with other adults. So I, mm -hmm. I have um, a close family. Our kids grew up together and we have one, one single guy that was kind of been like the uncle all these 30 some years of our kids growing up. And, and he was, he's able to offer the reflection that our kids were always 
with us. If we were camping or we had dinners or wherever it was, we weren't sending the kids off to do other things. Keep yourself busy over there while the adults are over here having whatever they're doing. But we played cards together and we cooked meals together, kids and adults. And I think that too is a way of of drawing them into adulthood that they don't get to adulthood and look around going, whoa, this is different, that we have that uh, relationship with other adults. School segregates kids with other children. They spend most of their time, childcare, school, they're with other children. The more your children can be involved in multi-generational activities, whether it is like you said, with a friend group or in your family, spending time with the extended family, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, the better. Because they are seeing different ways of being adults. They learn different things from different people. They incorporate all of that. Can you hear the dog? I can. Another way we can help prepare our boys for adulthood and to eventually launch is to discuss opportunities with him throughout as parents, as teachers. We can help our sons realize that the world is a lot bigger than maybe they think. First of all, we have to make sure that our vision for our boys isn't too narrow. In, the, in recent years, there's been so much focus and attention on a four-year degree as the path to success. Mm -hmm. It's one option. Yeah. That is not the only option. I had a conversation last night with my 16-year-old. He recently attended a job fair at his high school, and there were a lot of uh, people there looking for people who will come into the trades. Good. And my 16-year-old was informing me about all these great apprenticeship programs and the opportunities that exist. In having those conversations, in making our sons more aware of all the various paths, you increase the probability that he may see or spot something that sparks his interest, that feels real and true to him. If you just show him this one path of college and he doesn't feel like that's for him, he's going to shut down, sit on the couch, and look unmotivated. Yeah. 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 I think we cannot talk too much. In fact, we should have somebody on our podcast that works in the trades because I know here on the West Coast, there are trade jobs that are going begging because there are not the workers, the skilled workers to fill them, welders and electricians. And, you know, this is good, honest work, especially for a boy who does not want to sit at a desk. Yes. Yes. And Adam was looking at this from the perspective of you can go to college and rack up a lot of debt. Or if you pursue the trades, even if you maybe don't want to do it full time, many places, like you said, they're so desperate, they will pay for your education. Yes. Yeah. And then you also have this skill that can frankly earn you a lot of money a year. Yes, you you were talking about a friend whose son is an electrician and he's what 18 and he paid for or maybe he's 20 and he paid for his car and he's looking at buying a house. Yep. Wow. I think my biggest advice for all these parents who are worrying about their sons and I'm speaking to myself here so Jen listen up as well. Relax. Breathe. Look at your boys when that 
anxiety starts taking over, pause, take some deep breaths, and deliberately force yourself to find something in your sons that delights you. Spend some time thinking about that instead. The next day, tomorrow, you can go back to all these other things we said, all these other ways you can deal with helping your son grow. But when the anxiety is coming up on you, pause, breathe, and delight in your son. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.